Next on Making Sense of the Madness, former Chief of Staff of the DOD, Cash Patel, is with us. He's going to tell us how we the people and the America First movement can take our country back. We're also going to talk to Brian Cates. He's going to discuss the John Durham investigation and the unanswered questions in the Texas Elementary School massacre. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. Cash Patel is the former chief of staff of the Department of Defense during the Trump administration, as well as the lead investigator of Russiagate. It's an honor to have you on Making Sense of the Madness, Cash. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Sean. Looking forward to the conversation. You bet. We're definitely in an unprecedented time in American history when Americans have really lost faith in all the institutions of society because they've been corrupted. You know, let's talk about these institutions, starting with the work that you've done the work that John Durham is doing to hold the political elite and their henchmen accountable for these past crimes. You summarized them in the Nunes memo. It's only four pages, uh, so <laughs> some pretty basic information there, right? And you also yeah. wrote a children's book so people can wrap their head around this complicated web of deceit. Can you, can you tell us what did you write in the Nunes memo? And then maybe you can tell about uh, the book that you wrote as well. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to discuss this. So, so yeah, as the chief investigator for Chairman Nunes and Russiagate, you know, I was a former federal prosecutor and did time in the intelligence community and, the, and a civilian at the military. So he thought, you know, he needed an investigator with those types of background toolkit. And I was also a prosecutor who used the FISA process. So what I did was when I started with Dev, whatever we finding out, that's the bottom line. I had never met President Trump, never spoken to him, didn't know who he was. But I said the, amount, the, the reason to do a job like this is for accountability. So the Nunes memo was a short form version of our the investigative findings that we wanted the American public to own. And we didn't want to put our own words in it because we didn't want people to come back and say, oh, you're just summarizing what you think you found. And I said, Devin, the best way to do this is to put the FBI's own documentation, the DOJ's own sworn testimony and things like that in the Nunes memo so it would stand the test of time. And that's exactly what we did. And five years, four years later, John Durham has built his prosecutions on our Nunes memo. And for those of you who haven't seen it, go you can go to DurhamWatch.com. It's a free website. We put up all the materials, including the Nunes memo, including a link to a, a great movie called The Plot Against the President, which beautifully summarizes the Russiagate narrative. And, and finally, I think John Durham is capitalizing on our investigation to give Americans accountability in the form of criminal conduct. And um, we thought this is a pretty complex uh, mission that we set out on to, to start. So why shouldn't our children be educated with the truth? And that was the whole point of doing the Russiagate investigation, find the truth, whatever it was, if Trump was tied to Russia, if he wasn't, even me, I didn't even expect that Hillary would pay for the whole thing and orchestrate it and corrupt the FBI. That was even far-fetched for me. But we wanted to put all that out. But instead of, you know, critical race theory being taught to our kids, why don't we teach them the importance of truth and not politics? This book, uh, The Plot Against the King, which I wrote and just published, um, is a children's story about Russiagate. It's about doing right over wrong. And it's about, more importantly, going on a quest for the truth. And we used uh, real life characters in medieval times. We have Hillary Quinton and a shifty knight and Keeper Comey taking on the likes of a duke named Devin and a wizard named Kosh on, set out on a quest for the truth. And that's the importance of it. This has beautiful illustrations. The president rolled out the book on Truth Social. It's the number one children's book in the country. And I think American adults are loving it as, as, as much as the children. So I encourage everyone to go buy it. Uh, Plotagainstheking.com. And um, you can also get it on fightwithcash.com. But that's that's it. That's the essence. Like, why can't the people who are going to lead our country in the future know about the biggest criminal enterprise and boil it down to if you do right and you put out the truth and you seek it out for yourselves, you're always going to put America in a better position. And it is a complicated story to understand. There's so many different players. You know, when organized crime does their thing, they don't just have some kind of direct command to go do something illegal that we can just tap their phones right. and find that record right. of that one command, right? It's more of a sneaking around, you know. Uh, so what were some of the things in the Nunes memo that you got on record during your interrogations that now uh, Durham has used? 
Yeah. So so if you remember, there were four separate surveillance warrants on President Trump's campaign. We thought all of them were based uh, on unlawful lies to the FISA court. Two of those warrants have been rescinded or revoked in entirety. They all four should have been, but that's basically as much as the Justice Department was willing to do. We showed that the FBI said without the Christopher Steele dossier, there would have been no FISA warrant and no investigation to President Trump. We showed that through Andy McCabe's own testimony under oath in the Nunes memo. We also showed things like corruption at the FBI, that me as a former federal prosecutor and a public defender before that knows the importance of exculpatory information or evidence of innocence, that the that the Ten Commandment, is, uh, the ten, our, our Bill of Rights require that information to be produced to the court if you're going to surveil anyone. And what the FBI did was they took a bought and paid for dossier by a political campaign, Hillary Clinton, they allowed that information to be nested in the FBI and the corrupt leadership under the likes of Comey and Andy McCabe sat on it, digested it and said, we are not going to tell the FISA court all the evidence of innocence. We're just going to tell them the bad lies that they bought from a foreign agent. And we're going to connect Donald Trump to Russia and we're going to do it unlawfully. But no one's going to find out because we are never going to have to show the world any of this. And that's the nature of a FISA court proceeding. But the Nunes memo exposed all of that, including their sworn testimony, including the fact that they knew the Christopher Steele dossier was full of disinformation and fake information. And they used it in spite of that. And they knew that Hillary Clinton had paid for it. And they withheld that information from the court as well. And you can check out all this stuff, including the 60 transcripts that I'm talking about here, where I interrogated the likes of Michael Sussman, which is what John Durham is using to prosecute Sussman in this court uh, case that's finishing up today. All of that's on DurhamWatch.com. It's all free. Go look at it. We want America to read it for themselves. That's the essence of this whole project. Don't listen to me. Go there, read it, and come to your own conclusion. But black and white testimony under oath is pretty hard to run away from. Well, you did those interrogations quite a while ago. And it's been, you know, the wheels of justice, they turn pretty slowly, but it probably <laughs> feels really good to know that something's finally happening. Um, how hard was it to stay silent and fight by the rules while Schiff and others were leaking classified uh. information over the past five years? Do you think Schiff being able to leak while you and Devin and others refused to do that gave them an advantage? And do you think that congressional leakers could be prosecuted? Well, it's hard for members of Congress to be prosecuted because of the speech and debate clause in the Constitution basically protects their actions while they're members of Congress, even if they are leaking classified information. It was tough, but we always said we were going to do this the right way. That's the whole point. If we did it the wrong way and leaked and cheated, um, we wouldn't be abiding by the oaths that we took to the Constitution or and we'd be violating our duty to the American people. And we knew in the long run it would come out and it would play out if we did it the right way. None of us are gonna get prosecuted for leaking classified information because we never did that. And everybody now knows, it took some time, that knows that Adam Schiff and Swalwell and company just lied to the American public with reckless abandon for years and years. Here's the biggest problem with that, right? Putting aside their lies. Half of America still thinks because of the mainstream media's coverage of Adam Schiff's lies, that Trump colluded with Russia. That's what they think Russiagate's all about. But thankfully, John Durham is slowly changing that narrative with prosecutions. You cannot run away from a federal indictment. And I think and hope that Michael Sussman's gonna get convicted for being one of the centerpieces of the Hillary Clinton campaign who architect, who are the architects of this entire fraud and criminal history. And I think his, John Durham has put out some really damning testimony and evidence during the prosecution of Michael Sussman. I was actually in court all day, one day this week, um, uh, receiving it. So he he's doing a masterful and methodical job. And I think I think he's just getting started. That's good to hear. You know, there has been such damage to the Trump brand, uh, not enough damage to actually prevent him from getting so many millions of votes and basically winning the last election. Mm -hmm. uh, and he still has a lot of support. So but it, there was damage done. And I hope that the media and the people who were coordinating to do that damage are held accountable. But let's talk about how Durham spent six months laying out detailed filings that Rodney Jaffe's key role in quarterbacking mm -hmm. what was essentially a privately funded spy network comprised of federal contractors who were abusing and exploiting their access to government databases, you know, to mine Trump-related data that they stole and then used in this fake Alpha Bank hoax. Do you see Rodney Jaffe being indicted by John Durham? And do you think that yes. uh, you know, since Hillary Clinton was the benefactor uh, of all of his crimes that she would also 
uh, be in legal jeopardy? She's in legal jeopardy. I don't know that she'll be indicted. Making out the case against her is very difficult with the facts that John Durham has on hand. But John Durham has said in the Michael Sussman case, in a federal pleading, that Rodney Jaffe is under federal investigation, his investigation. And the facts that they've come out, remember, for your audience, the Hillary Clinton campaign quarterback two lines of effort to take out Donald Trump, the Steele dossier, which we've talked about. But on a parallel track, they created this whole, we'll call it the Alpha Bank server narrative, where they hired this guy, Rodney Jaffe, to go out and come up with fake information from a computer system to connect Donald Trump to Russia. And then he gave that information to Michael Sussman, the charged defendant in the John Durham case right now. And, and Michael Sussman peddled that information to the media and the FBI through the likes of Fusion GPS and Rodney Jaffe. Oh, who, by the way, was an FBI informant just like Christopher Steele. This is how evil this empire is. Not one track, two tracks at the same time to falsely take down a president, to use corrupt FBI cops like Heidi and McCabe and Comey and Strzok to take down a president. And now what do we hear in the Sussman trial about it? That the FBI's leadership lied in a document starting the investigation into Donald Trump about where they got the information from and who they got it from. Yet another lie and another false investigation that cannot be undone. And that type of information is good for the American public to get out and understand, irrespective of what the conviction or the, the verdict is in the Sussman case, because America needs to know what the Hillary Clinton campaign did. And some of the most damning testimony was the fact that Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign manager, Robbie Mook, testified in the Sussman case under oath for the defense that Hillary Clinton knew of it, the Alpha Bank server nonsense, from the beginning. Not only did she know about it, she authorized it, and she sent them forward to the media to leak the fake narrative so her and Jake Sullivan could come on in October of 2016 and say, wow, look at this, yet another Trump-Russia connection that they paid for and knew to be false. So America needs to know that even our corruptest politicians can corrupt the FBI. And that's what's, you know, has led to the erosion of an institution that, you know, I prosecuted so many criminals with, and it's it, it really just... It hurts American national security. And people wonder why our crime rate is skyrocketing because we just don't have faith in these law enforcement agencies anymore. Absolutely, you know, thank you for, for summarizing that. We're gonna take a really quick break. When we get back, I wanna to talk to you a little bit more about this, about John Podesta. He was there in the middle of everything. He was also signing on to, you know, the group, the think tank that wanted to war game how to steal the election from Donald Trump. So. These deep state players, they don't just go away. Mm -hmm. They keep on committing crimes. I want to get your feedback on that as soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, and political instability, they all have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. They can also cause gold and silver to go up. There's a time to be in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's a time to get out. This is the time to hold gold and silver. Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There is no such thing as a bad investment. There is only bad timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government. We're talking to Cash Patel about the Durham investigation. Cash, uh, this criminal network has been exposed by John Durham. And you know, this is something we, we use the term deep state about these random characters in the underbelly of the DC beast who mm -hmm. carry out these these dark and shadowy things. And the <laughs> name that keeps coming up is uh, you know, John Podesta, you've got Jake Sullivan's in the Biden administration now. These people don't go away, they keep on carrying out these plans. Uh, can you comment on that? Yeah, you're right. These corrupt swamp monsters, as they are appropriately called, the likes of Jake Sullivan, 
Robbie Mook, John Podesta. I mean, the list, we could we could take an hour just siphoning off the list of these people. But John Podesta, one of the campaign managers and lead architects for the Hillary Clinton campaign, also I interrogated under oath, along with Robbie Mook. And all that stuff's on DurhamWatch.com. He, Mook, and Sullivan, the trio that ran Hillary World back in 2016, all knew about this hoax. All knew that they were paying for it because it cost tens of millions of dollars. And as you know, the Hillary Clinton campaign recently got caught by the Federal Election Commission for having broken federal campaign law. They literally agreed to the, they, the Hillary Clinton campaign agreed that they broke the law and had to pay a fine because they used political funding to pay for opposition research. And the people that masterminded this whole thing are guys like John Podesta and Robbie Mook and Jake Sullivan. I think out of that whole crew, I think Jake Sullivan has the most legal jeopardy because in my interrogation of Jake Sullivan four years ago under oath under the Russiagate investigation that I was leaning, I believe he lied to Congress about his involvement and knowledge of it, especially with Robbie Mook's testimony saying that not only did Hillary Clinton know, but she authorized it and approved it. There's no way she and Robbie Mook knew about it and Podesta and Jake Sullivan just had no idea. And then Jake Sullivan the next day in October of 2016 leaks a tweak uh, excuse me, or puts out a tweet that says, wow, Trump, Russia, Alpha Bank connection, this guy is really in it. Except you paid for that false information and then you had it leaked to the media and you also gave it to the FBI who lied to a federal judge about going up to surveil Donald Trump and open an investigation unlawfully. I mean, these this is why America hates Congress. This is why America hates politics. And this is why it was so important for Devin and I to put out the truth. That's it. That's the reason we wrote the plot against the king. It's the reason we ran this investigation, and it's the reason we continue to have DurhamWatch.com so America can be educated on everything that's going on in this case. And there's more cases to come, I keep reminding folks. And um, I put it out on Truth Social, literally a daily updates every day on Truth Social at Cash. It's, it's the only social media I do, but um, I think it's worth doing um, if you're willing to put out the truth and, you know, and take the swings, as we say. <laughs> And you put some billboards out in Times Square, DurhamWatch.com, to get the get this into the public consciousness a little bit. Yeah, you know, it was we were at a great uh, event, the you know the Re reawaken tour in Myrtle Beach with Clay, with Chris Clay and, and General Flynn. Met some fantastic Americans at Banners for Freedom, and these guys um, thought, let's put out a messaging campaign. They've got access to Times Square, and I'm a New York, I'm a New Yorker, and I was like, wow, let's go into the lion's den and message to the American public and the international community that Russiagate was a fraud perpetuated by a political campaign, but let's educate them. So we put DurhamWatch.com up there. This week, the plot against the king.com is up there. And it's around 12 billboards around the country, thanks to our brilliant friends at Billboards for America or Billboards for Freedom. And uh, it's just a fantastic messaging campaign because we are again on a quest for the truth. And to be able to put it up in New York City, it's not like we're going to get any votes or change any issues there, but we're going to help educate the world on the biggest criminal enterprise. And you can, the epicenter is uh, Times Square. Now it's DurhamWatch.com and the plot against the king. Grab a copy. <laughs> right. Well, they had their turn with the uh, fake Russia collusion hoax, and that was all over the media 24-7. You never, you know, <laughs> it was just nonstop. And now it's our turn, right, to put out the truth. I get a new narrative going, and that part of that is Truth Social. Uh, you've been trying to reform big tech. You're you're trying to sue them. Is that correct? Can you tell me about your your legal strategy? Yeah. Look, we thought, well, who was who was as corrupt, if not more corrupt, than Hillary Clinton and the corrupt FBI? The media. If we didn't, if they didn't have a willing partner in the media, there would have been no investigation. There would have been no surveillance unlawfully of President Trump, and he would have had four straight years in office to actually run America instead of fighting off the lies. And Devin and I learned that we were, you know, we were maliciously attacked, but then we were also defamed, flat out lied about. So I said, we got to go to court and individually clear our names. So I filed lawsuits against the New York Times, Political, and CNN. I'm suing them for defamation. Those suits are live. But I, as I toured the country. Everybody was coming up to me saying, I've gotten kicked off these platforms. I've been defamed, but I don't have the money to go out and sue on behalf of myself. So I started fightwithcash.com, fightwithcash.com with a K. And what we do, we go around the country and we raise money. And you can go to the website and summarize your case and send it in to us. I review each and every entry that comes in. And better than that, I have a brilliant legal team who reviews the matters, who is sharp on defamation. And if you have a case of defamation, we will bring the case for you. That is, we will find you a lawyer, we will pay them the check, 
and you will have your day in court to clear your name. We've already started doing that for other Americans. It's not about me. It's about everyday Americans who have been defamed during this process by the reckless media campaign that was put out by the fake news. And that's my way of trying to get it back, get it, get some credibility back, but also more importantly, clear the names of individuals who have been lied about mercilessly uh, by so many uh, leftist lunatics. And it's just not right. And we're going to keep going at fightwithcash.com. We hope you guys will check it out. I'm going to check it out because I was deplatformed from YouTube and yeah. Twitter and all the rest just for speaking the truth about things that turned out to be true, like the COVID-19 origins and the Hunter Biden laptop and things like that. So I'm going to I'm going to sign up uh, and see if you can help me out as well. Um, Let me know. So regarding big tech, I will definitely um, regarding big tech, you're on the board of True Social, right? Um, so yeah. what kind of short term and long term impact can True Social have on society, on the power structure? Is there anything you can share about the future of True Social? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for letting us talk about that. So look, President Trump, of course, had the brilliant idea to create a platform after people were getting canceled on things like Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. You know, either you have freedom of speech or you don't. You can't be selective about it. And whether you agree with someone's politics or beliefs or the, the crazy things they're saying about anything, that doesn't give you the right as a social media company to shut it down because you don't want that person in power. You don't want those people in power or in elected office. And that's what Twitter essentially did. They violated the First Amendment and they're hiding behind, you know, these phony bureaucrats in Washington to protect them. But then along comes Elon Musk, right? And delivers the one-two knockout that President Trump has been talking about for years. He said Twitter is full of bots, up to 50%. Twitter is violating free speech. He doesn't agree with Donald Trump. I don't even think he supports Donald Trump. But that's the mission. On that issue, Donald Trump and Elon Musk are aligned. Freedom of speech is a must. You cannot censor anyone in America unless they're actually committing a crime. And anything short of that is just the social media companies and tycoons coming in to politicize a narrative that should be free of politics. And look, we're on truth and we invited everybody on truth. The left, the right, the middle, the center, whatever you want to call it. We got people, we got people attacking Donald Trump on truth. That's fine. That's okay. That's the whole point. And this platform is now on every computer. Every desktop computer can go to truthsocial.com and create an account. We're already on the iPhone. And I think very soon you'll see us on the Android phones and that'll complete the circle. And, you know, I think I checked yesterday, President Trump has like 4 million followers on Truth Social. That's massive. That's a huge number of people following him. Um, and the numbers are just going to go up as people sign up on the desktop version and the Android comes out. So if we get to 10 or 20 million by the end of the summer, you know, that's a monster social media platform for free speech. And we're still only in the U.S. We haven't even gone to our neighbors or across to uh, over to Europe yet. Yeah, it's just rolling out. You know, you just had the iPhone users for a while. People were on waiting lists. I just joined today at Sean Morgan Report, so maybe you can give me a, a retruth because I have maybe two followers. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, no, so, put up this interview. Um, I'll do a retruth. Yeah, that'll be great. Great, yeah, you can get me started. So, you know, regarding the Trump movement, the American First movement, um, how do you see this this movement evolving and growing into the future? Well, I think the reason that Donald Trump was able to secure so much success is because he was literally the first guy to become president who wasn't a politician in forever. I mean, literally, not even close to a politician, right? And he tapped into Americans' feelings that they wanted expressed in Congress, but they weren't. their voices weren't being heard. Things like border security, gasoline at an affordable price, uh, you know, food on our shelves in our supermarkets, so he wanted someone to take on the opioid crisis that was killing 100,000 youths a year. He did those things and he protected American national security, which is a big part of my background for, Donald, for President Trump. And we took out Al-Qaeda senior leadership. We wiped out ISIS. We brought home American hostages. And, and he said, we're going to end the forever wars. And he did so smartly. Those are just those are key critical issues that the American people want. They care about the economy. They care about affording um, food and services for their family. And he was able to relate to them in a way that I think no politician has been. And the media, I think, just lost it because it was he who was effectively doing it and not one of their propped up candidates that they had bought and paid for over the last 40 years. 
And you can see the difference. You can call me a, a biased partisan hack if you want to, but look at what's happened under Joe Biden in 18 months and look at the four years under President Trump when it comes to national security and the economy. The, you know, it's the facts speak for themselves. Absolutely. Well, when you talk to President Trump, how resolute is he about, you know, destroying his enemies, so to speak, not just individual players, but these corrupt institutions that we've been discussing? You know, can you give us an idea of his attitude right now, his strategic stance? Uh, is he fully committed, uh, whether he's president in the future or not, to, to kind of finish the deal that he started? Yeah, look, I, I, you know, we talk all the time. I talked to him last night. And his, his, you know, his messaging is the same. He, he will tell you and he'll tell everyone that he loves this country and he's, he is truly upset in the shape that it has devolved into right now under the Biden administration. And he wants to help in any way that he can to fix it because he cares for this country so much. And having been president, he knows that it's possible to fix the economy and the national security, but he also knows that it's possible to fix these corrupt agencies and restore faith in them by putting in leadership in those agencies across the board that will not cower to the media or politics. And that's the one thing President Trump never did. He just, he just did the mission. And I think that's the message he's going forward with is fixing America, taking care of gasoline, taking care of the opioid crisis, getting baby formula in here, putting us back on a global stage where we have power not so Russia launches a war into the Ukraine and who knows what China is now gonna do to Taiwan thanks to Biden's latest disastrous blunder uh, overseas and get leaders around the world to start taking the phone call of the commander in chief again. Um, those things are how you win for America and secure American national security in the economy. And, and that's his message, well, you know, whether he decides to run, I can tell you Cash Patel's opinion, I think he's gonna do it. But um, um, I think whether he decides to or not, he's going to keep putting, you know, uh, his his entire force behind fixing America for the better because he believes in it. Absolutely. I think that his movement is beyond him. You know, it's not just about yeah. Trump or the Trump family. Uh, it's America first movement. It's making America great again. And there are some people who claim to be a part of it uh, that maybe we should vet them a little bit more. And then there are some other people mm -hmm. who are future stars. You've talked about Mike Pompeo uh, not sharing important intel with President Trump, and that if if Pompeo runs for president, we should probably ask him about that. Uh, are there any other people that you think that we should vet a little bit more? And then on the flip side, who are the stars of MAGA in your uh, perception, and who who is the future leadership of, of of this movement? Yeah, look on Truth Social, I did a couple of things called Accountability Weeks One and Two where every day I named people who failed their oaths of office and politicized the national security apparatus. Everyone from Mark Esper to Rod Rosenstein to Gina Haspel to Paul Nakasone to Pompeo, all of these guys politicized the apparatus for their personal belief system because they thought they were saving the world from Donald Trump. And the list goes on and on and on. But you go to my truth feed at Cash and check it out. And, you know, one of the things President Trump taught me is also you can't just go to him with a problem and say, remove this person or do, you know, take out this group, you have to give them a solution. And that's that's what we're talking about next is our bench. We do have the bench. We do have the rising stars um, in the MAGA America First movement. And they are guys like Johnny Ratcliffe and Rick Grinnell and Devin Nunes and Dan Scavino and Matt Whitaker and Pam Bondi and so many more um, amazing Americans that I served with um, who want to remain anonymous but serve because that's the whole point of government service unless you're holding basically a cabinet position. And so we can put in great leadership at the FBI, not the Chris Rays of the world, who's a complete and total failure. Um, you know, at DOD, at CIA, at NSA, at State Department, at the White House, get the right lawyers, um, get the right DOJ Justice Department moving. There's There are people who exist who I've worked with, some of them I've named, um, that uh, can rise to the occasion. And that's what I'm trying to convince America of. We've got the bench. We just didn't pick it the, the right way the last time. But um, if he goes back in, um, you know, I'm going to do my best to make sure that everyone that has a position in that administration is on the side of America first. Absolutely. I know I know that you're going to play a role. And I, I know that you <laughs> traditionally don't think of yourself as like politics kind of guy. Uh, but I think you have what it takes because we need more kind of regular people who speak frankly instead of teleprompter style people uh, to do that. So whatever role you play, you know, I, I think you're going to do great. So thank you for coming on today. And, you know, I hope you can come on again, dig a little deeper, 
you know, teach Patriots more tools they have at their disposal. And, uh, you know, looking forward to that. No, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you. Let me talk about fightwithcash.com. And of course, the children's book, The the, the Plot Against the King. Go to theplotagainstthekeng.com and I hope people uh, buy, it up, buy it and enjoy it. Uh, the truth needs to be shared with our youth. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much, Cash. And we're also going to talk to Brian Cates. As soon as we get back, we're going to dig into the Texas massacre and the John Durham investigation. Did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing choosing which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's a Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Brian Cates is an author and columnist for the Epoch Times, as well as his own substack called Rise of the New Media. Brian, what were your impressions from that interview we just did with Cash Patel? Uh, you helped me prepare some of the questions, so I wanted to get your feedback. Well, I thought Cash did a very great job answering those questions. And um, I've been following Spygate, you know, from the, from the beginning. Uh, I really started digging down into it, and like I think it was uh, February of 2017. And um, it's really great that we've reached the point now, you know, uh, for many years, I would talk about the silent professionals, the people that were behind the scenes that were doing the heavy lifting and the investigating, and they, they could not be public with any of this at the time. And uh, they had to do their work quietly um, in, in the background. And so a lot of people were doubting that anything was happening, that anything would ever come of any of this. And uh, I'm so gratified that we're at a point now where uh, we, we can start seeing some of the results, you know, some of the groundwork that people like Cash Patel were laying back in 2017. Uh, John Durham is now building yeah. on those foundations. So my hat is off to Cash Patel, he did a, he, he, uh, he's doing a great job. I'm so glad he's out there calling attention uh, to these things. And uh, he's doing a great job, and I hope he continues to speak out. Absolutely. Without his interrogations, without him getting these uh, slimy <laughs> swamp creatures on the record with their lies, then John Durham wouldn't be able to do what he's doing right now. So definitely hats off to, to Cash Patel. Uh, so you, you've actually been uh, listening to the final uh, you know, pleadings or whatever is happening in the John Durham uh, Sussman case today. Can you give us the latest? Well, um, both the uh, government and the defense have, have made their closing statements today. Right now, uh, the Durham prosecution team is making this rebuttal to the uh, Sussman defense team's closing statements. I just got another update from Toria Book, and uh, it looks like the the defense kind of uh, went off track when they were making their their closing statement today. They they argued in circles, and uh, the impression that uh, the the feeds that I'm following from the people that are in the courtroom. They don't think the defense did a, a really good job at all. Their closing statement, uh, Durham had a very powerful case. The, the, the case that the state presented was very linear, uh, showing how Suckman um, was, was being used as the front man by the Clinton campaign and by uh, tech executive Rodney Joff. Uh, how uh, Suckman's clients wanted to get the Alpha Bank hoax to the FBI and get an investigation started of the Trump campaign so they could leak that to the media before the uh, 20, 2016 election. Okay, and uh, Durham made a, made a very clear case about that, that this is what Sussman did. And um, 
And so the the only way the defense can get a hung jury, the only way they were going to get a hung jury, uh, uh, 12 not guilty verdicts is impossible in this case. The best they could have hoped for is a hung jury. And the only way they were going to get that is if the defense managed to make at least a halfway compelling argument or a halfway decent argument. And from what I'm hearing, uh, when I'm in the courtroom this morning, uh, they really didn't do that. And I would like to I'll also point out uh, that Durham has a track record. And every defendant he's ever taken to trial, uh, Durham has gotten a conviction. Uh, as a matter of fact, the only, uh, I think the wow. only one time Durham didn't get a conviction, the guy died before the, before the trial day arrived. It was one this of those, like the Muhammad Ali, <laughs> He died before uh, Durham could take him to trial. Other than that, every single time he's gotten a conviction. So um, I think it's looking really good for the Durham prosecution at this point. This is a really good guy to be fighting in the ring on the behalf of we the people. Um, so, so Brian, anything about the Durham investment we weren't able to cover with cash that you just think is important for people to know how this could unfold in the future? Maybe Hillary Clinton, maybe John Podesta, some of the other involved. Well, I'll say this, after, uh, after six months of reading the firings that Durham has made in this case, uh, it was only until about two and a half to three months ago, Durham started making the firings where he revealed the role Rodney Jock was playing in quarterbacking what was essentially a, 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 a private spying network that was in the employee of the Clinton campaign via Perkins Coie, uh, the, the money being funneled to Perkins Coie at Cass Mansion. They tried to hide all of this money. The Clinton campaign tried to hide what this what this money was being spent on. Um, and the FEC fined them for that. And, but basically, they, this money was being funneled uh, via Perkins Coie to Susan GPS and to Rodney Joff and these, these uh, private cyber contractors that were working with him or under him. And they and they basically turned this into a private spying network. And they were uh, mining federal databases for any Trump-related information that they could then take. And I, I believe uh, not a, it's not too strong a word to use the word stealing by taking this data off these federal databases. They were stealing it. And I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to find out some of this this data on these federal databases, these people stole and developed into the Alpha Bank hoax and into the Steel dossier. We're going to find out this stuff was classified, and so um, you cannot expose. This is violating national security, right? Violating national security laws. Data and turning it into hoaxes to target the other political campaign. Uh, without pointing out who was the beneficiary of all of this activity. And so that's that's why I believe they're going in the end, you know, I mean, Katz had to play it safe. I understand that. Um, but I think in the end, they're going to end, they're going to have to indict Hillary Clinton because she was the prime mover on this, this joint venture, which is basically a criminal right. conspiracy. Yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense to have these low-level stooges who were paid off to take on all of this risk. Why should they be the ones to take the fall when they weren't the ones that came up with this idea? They weren't the ones benefiting from it. Uh, I, I'm totally with you there. I, I want some bigger fish to be fried. And that's the only way we're going to reform the system. If we, if we don't hold the, the uh, kingpins accountable here, then people are going to think, oh, I can keep on paying off these uh, stooges for them to take on the risk because they're the ones that are going to take the fall anyway, right? Well, you know, the the documentary trail these people left behind them is, ex is extensive. And uh, you know, still, I understand they're still holding back some documents that he's in GPS. They're holding back about 1,400 documents. They're claiming that they can go ahead and defy uh, federal subpoenas from Durham's grand jury because of the attorney-client relationship. 
that this is work product from from uh, Tony Clark uh, relationship. Well, uh, Durham's already yet they cracked that code. He's already cracked it. He already just before this trial started. He, he requested an in-camera review, which the judge granted, and which found out that 75% of the documents they were claiming attorney-client privilege for, uh, when it, it was not true, the judge went ahead and gave those documents to the Durham Special Counsel. Now, he wasn't able to use them in this trial, but he'll be able to use them in subsequent trials. And so I think the paper trail is going to be so extensive, um, you cannot charge the little Indians down there running around being paid and directed and doing what they're told without without charging the, the, the big chiefs that are telling them what to do. Um, it's very obvious if you follow the paper trail, if you follow the money, who the beneficiary was of all of this criminal activity that Durham has brought to the surface. And this and this, uh, this trial of Michael Sussman is just the first of many that we're going to see. I believe Rodney Joff and several of these other people that were uh, the low-level private firm contractors are all going to be indicted first. But eventually, after you get done and um, dealing with all the little Indians, you have to move up to the next level. And that's going to be the big chiefs that are that are giving these people their orders and the people who are benefiting from the activities that all of these people um and these private firms have been engaging in. Uh, it's no sticker who, who who benefited from having uh, Rodney Joff and these people steal the information off the federal databases where they were spying on seven specific Trump associates. And then the taking that information and uh, um, you know, and then and then and then uh, changing it and morphing it into a hoax that they could use to try to feed the federal agencies and then run off to the media. And, and uh, leak that to the media. Uh, that's a big, dirty truck operation just before the 2016 election. It's obvious who benefits from this. Let's talk about the scope of John Durham's investigation because we've been focusing in on this whole spying and uh, you know the, the, the Russian collusion hoax and Alpha Bank, but. There have been hints that uh, John Durham's scope is wider than that, right? Uh, Clinton Foundation. What what else could he be uh, looking into? Well, just before he exited uh, stage right uh, and retired, former Attorney General uh, William Barr revealed in a letter that he wrote to Congress that he had not only appointed John Durham as a special counsel. He had expanded the scope of Durham's investigation to include looking into um, how the Mueller Special Counsel prosecuted the 30 summary cases that it handled. And uh, we all became aware, of course, back in 2020, just how badly the uh, Michael Flynn case was handled by these people. Um, it wasn't just the, the FBI crossfire hurricane team that was hiding a ton of exculpatory evidence uh, from the FISA court, you know, you know in, the, in the Cody Page warrant. It wasn't just in the Cody Page um, FISA warrant. They, that, that, that crossbar hurricane, hurricane team hit a ton of exculpatory evidence. They hit a ton of exculpatory evidence in the General Flynn case as well. And that's just one of the 30-some cases that the Mueller Special Counsel ha ha handled. I've been saying for some time. There was no way that the FBI, the Crossbar Hurricane Team, had all this stuff and hid it. And then the Mueller Special Counsel was started up, and the FBI shared all their information with them. There's no way the Mueller Special Counsel Team members didn't also know from the very start, from the get-go, there was no real case against General Flynn. There was no real case for a five one against Cody Page, and yet they happily continued this charade for 22 months. They continued what was it, what was in, a, in effect uh, a fishing expedition looking for something to impeach Trump with. They knew from the start there was no Russian collusion. Okay, and now we've had two years, uh, since 2019, I believe, uh, June 2019, we've had two years of a Durham investigation. He's finding all the stuff that the Mueller Special Counsel would have found if, he, if these people had done their damn jobs. Okay, he's found all the evidence 
that the Mimi Special Council would have found if all these guys hadn't been running around looking looking for everything except for the the Russian collusion evidence and who invented it. Okay, Durham's doing what the Mueller Special Counsel fails to do. And so because of that, on his way out the door, William Barr uh, told John Durham, I want you to find out what the hell were these Mueller guys up to. If they weren't really doing what they were, what they were tasked to do, how did they end up wasting 22 months and $32 million or whatever it was, prosecuting all these other people from perjury traps and tax fraud and, you know, and, and so, so get in there and find Trying out. Trying to get as many Trump associates looking dirty as possible for, for the media. That's the whole purpose of it. But that's the, the whole point, Ryan. Thank you for bringing up the details there that John Durham's scope is is beyond just this Alpha Bank hoax. Uh, it's wider and uh, Clinton is uh, implicated possibly. Uh, but, you know, there's just other people like Podesta's coming to mind here that he wasn't just involved with this. I mean, he was signing on to the think tank that was wargaming how they could steal the election from Donald Trump. So a lot of these shady characters uh, seem to be the go-to people to carry out and execute the deep state's plans. And it'll be interesting if they, because FISA goes both ways, if they have been surveilled while they've committed uh, other crimes. Uh, I want to get your feedback on that. I also want to get more of your opinions on the Texas Elementary School Massacre. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Talking to Brian Cates of the Epoch Times. He has his own Substack, Rise of the New Media. Brian, what's your comment on my, my last question about uh, this whole idea of John Podesta, for example, uh, perhaps being implicated in this whole uh, John Durham investigation, but also he might have been continuing to commit crimes if he, if, he, if big if, he was involved with uh, 2020 election fraud. Uh, could he have been surveilled? Uh, any other comments on, on this general idea? So possible. He's, he's been under investigation for some time. Um, we saw, we just saw in this Sussman case, he was one of the people that rushed the, the court to, to sign a, uh, a signed declaration, which is like an affidavit. Uh, that signed declaration, it was, I believe it was both him and Robbie Mook, the former uh, Clinton campaign manager. They, they signed a declaration where they insisted to judge Christopher Cooper that he should not allow Durham to have this in-camera review of these 30, I think it was 38 specific fusion uh, emails because they they were asserting their attorney-client privileges. And uh, of course, we all know how that ended up. Uh, judge Cooper granted the in-camera review. He personally reviewed all 38 emails and then he decided that uh, Durham could have like, I think it was 22 of them. So uh, protesters already made an attempt to try to keep stuff from coming out, and he hasn't been hasn't been that successful. Um, he's right in the middle of all of this, of course. Uh, Mook, all of these people, Jake Sullivan, the current National Security Advisor. Uh, don't forget, according to, to John Bunyan's handwritten notes, Sullivan was the was the architect of this whole. Um, 
plot by the Hillary Clinton campaign to manufacture Trump was the collusion hoax. It was done as a way to distract the public from Hillary Clinton's email server scandal, which was causing her to drop in the polls a bit. And so uh, Sullivan, Mook, Podesta, yeah, uh, they're, they're all involved in this. And uh, I believe there's a good chance we could see all three of them being indicted. Uh, Podesta rushing to Judge Cooper's court to sign, to sign a declaration where he asserted attorney-client privileges that, uh, that weren't real. Okay, that, that could have repercussions going forward. Very good insights there, Brian. Uh, can you switch gears over to the uh, Texas Elementary School massacre? You've been uh, you've been very frustrated, as I have been, also with some of the facts that are coming to light regarding police officers waiting around outside the school for an hour while this teenager shoots up nineteen people. Uh, can you can you lay out some of the facts that people might not be aware of thus far? I'm just I'm just so upset by this. I mean, I saw I saw some of the statements that the the police spokespersons were making yesterday. It just I mean, it just hits you right in the heart. I mean, parents were sure this would never happen again. They were told this would not happen again. The cops would not end up standing outside of school hearing kids being shot to death in there, and they would not just stand around waiting waiting for, you know, what, more body armor or for, for a SWAT team or something. I mean, that, uh, how many times is this going to happen? We were told this after Columbine. We were told this after Parkland. Uh, how many times are we going to end up watching uh, some, some mental case walk into a, a school and shoot it up? And, and the police response is, is to stand outside and wait for the SWAT team to show up. And they ended up waiting out there an hour. I mean, that, that is a long time, an hour, 60 minutes is a very long time. And, and, and I, I see these videos of these parents just, just doing everything they can, begging these officers to go save their kids. And these officers, they seem they seem like they have tactical gear. They look like they're wearing body armor. They have rifles. They have guns, but they won't go in there. And um, you know, I don't agree with John Joe Walsh on much, but he did make a good statement last night on Twitter. I put it up on my my Telegram. It's your job to go in there. It's your job. If you if you're not willing to go in there, you need to go find another job. And I think that's. I think the American people had enough of this. They've had enough of watching these events like this happen and a bunch of cops make up a perimeter outside and they just stand there, okay? We are tired of watching that. It, it, it's got to stop happening. Something needs to change. And I understand what a lot of this is, is it's money. You have to follow the money. Um, it may be that patriots have to take over every damn school board in this country. To change this, they may have to. It is. Absolutely. This is the only way that it's really going to change is if patriots stand up and, 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 uh, you know, participate in the civil process and where things are going, because we can't treat schools as babysitters and just assume they're going to do everything right because they're doing everything wrong. Uh, But, you know, the facts are coming out so slowly with this the situation has been so hard to report on it. I've heard reports that there was a mother who, there was a mother who who went into the school and got their kids out, you know, in, behind the scenes. I mean, it's insane. We have we have we have men with guns protect our president. Men, people with guns protect our banks. We have people with guns provide security for sporting events. But outside of school, we put up a goddamn sign that says, this is the gun-free zone. And then if there's an emergency, we call. We stand around and wait for somebody with a gun to show up. Okay? It's insane. And it needs to change. This is the exact opposite rhetoric of the Democrats right now. They're seeing this as their big opportunity to take guns away, whereas conservatives are seeing that this is an opportunity to arm people at schools to prevent uh, this type of tragedy. So it's just, we're, we're on completely opposite sides. You've seen uh, Beto O'Rourke try to make this all about him. Uh, that was quite a lot of political theater there. Uh, any comment on Beto? Well, 
that guy is running in the wrong state. Let me just go ahead and move to Massachusetts or wherever. Because I think his, his political career at Texas is pretty much over after that dumbass stunt the other day. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, Brian, I'm still waiting on more of the facts to come out regarding this uh, massacre. I've heard reports that this shooter was in the same Discord server as the Buffalo uh, shooter. And so, you know, it's so hard to verify this because the Discord server was deleted oh. and everything. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm still now. researching. I've got a 48-hour rule. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to say anything you know, because so much of this stuff that comes out in the first day or two turns out to be wrong later. And uh, so I don't comment on, on any of that type of stuff. I'll just say one thing that I've noticed so far, what's come up so far that I can't comment on that I can verify. This, this guy was mentally disturbed. He's obviously had... So many of these shooters are, 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 are receiving some type of mental uh, therapy. Or they have, it's obvious they have mental problems. We, we yeah. at the country, we just, drugs. We, we've been insane for a long time on how we treat the mentally ill. Uh, it, and it, it's, a, it's a damn national tragedy. Uh, I, I wrote a long column on this with APOC. I wrote one in Uncovered DC, too. We do not have a rational national policy for dealing with the mentally ill. And we just don't. And that's why this kind of thing is going to continue to happen. All, right? All these people are mentally ill. And we're not treating them right. You know, 90, I don't know how many, well, what, what percentage it is, but most of the homeless people out there, you know, 40, 50 years ago, they would be in an institution somewhere being taken care of. Now, supposedly, supposedly the, the compassionate thing is to have them, you know, Living on the streets, garbage cans, looking for food. We're supposedly more compassionate now. I have to say, I really doubt that. That's a good point, Brian, uh, that these institutions used to exist. They were all shut down back in the day. Uh, we haven't had a good result. Uh, but this, is, this was an 18-year-old unemployed uh, loner. Who knows how he got five grand to buy this type of uh, equipment? and these guns. Uh, it, well, there's so many unanswered questions, uh, so we'll, we'll keep on following your, your Telegram and Truth Social uh, as you report on it. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back for my final thoughts. I'm Clay Clark and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy and I'm the inventor of the Grill Blazer Grill Gun. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to the grill gun. Oh! I would have greened that anyway. I need that! Yes! So, Bob, how does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill gun, it creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America. You push it down and. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check it out! <laughs> Fire plus grilling equals America. Thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com, America's Patriot-only network. This is Making Sense of the Madness, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. My name is Sean Morgan, and today I was lucky I got to interview two of my heroes. Cash Patel and Brian Cates are examples of two people who have loyalty to the truth, loyalty to the Constitution, loyalty to all the things uh, good and uh, about America. You know, it's that America First movement. It's more than just Donald Trump, although he is central to it. It's about freedom faith, family, all these things that we hold here. And to just meet people like this and the family here at American Media Periscope, James Grunvig, Lieutenant Scott Bennett, John Michael Chambers, these are patriots. And all of you who are watching and learning and understanding and sharing this truth, you are patriots as well. This is a 1776 moment. It's because of the action we're taking now that we're gonna secure America for future generations. Thank you for watching. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.